Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. And now we welcome to Inside the Clubhouse 1980 American League Cy Young Award winner and current White Sox TV analyst Steve Stone with Bruce Levine and David Haw on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. Welcome back inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. David Haw, Bruce Levine here until 11 o'clock. And yeah, it's time. It's a joy and a privilege to go to the Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas Hotline, home of the world's largest sports book, and that's where we find our guest, Steve Stone. How you been, Stoney? Well, I've been waiting patiently to see the day when we would uh, or could announce that there's baseball again, and now we can, we can certainly do that. So I think everybody who loves this game, uh, loves the, uh, the tradition of baseball, uh, understands that it's been interwoven into our society for many years. It, it's a very happy time for a lot of folks. And the White Sox are back in camp and... <laughs> That is where they belong, Steve, and, and it's so much fun to be able to talk about something other than the competitive balance tax. So as we turn our attention toward Glendale, Arizona, and we see the White Sox returning for a season that Rick Hahn says is committed to, obviously, winning it all in 2022, what's your overall general uh, synopsis of where the Sox are at this point and, and what they need to do to put themselves in a better position to do just that? Well, we're going to know a whole lot more when uh, when this accelerated free agent acquisition period and perhaps a trade or two period ends. But the Sox are starting out with a whole lot more talent than a lot of other teams. And so if you're starting out there, certainly you don't have as far to go as these other, other ball clubs that are trying to assemble a great deal of talent. I, I think anybody who has studied the Sox over the last year specifically will realize there's a couple of couple of things they would like to get. They would certainly like to get a backup catcher. There's a few teams that are looking for those. They would like to get a second baseman. There's a few teams that are looking for those. I think every team would tell you that they'd like to add another pitcher, whether it's in the bullpen or the starting rotation. Uh, I, I think that a lot of people who feel that the Sox uh, really need an outfielder, I don't think they've taken a look at the potential, at least, of what um, what Andrew Vaughn looks like, what Gavin Sheets looks like, uh, what Adam Engel plays like when, when he's healthy. I think that um, if, you, if you prioritize and the money you're expending, you would think that that would, be, that would be down the road a bit if you use that at all. I'd like, to see, I'd like to see the younger guys have an opportunity to see if they can flourish. I think they showed signs last year of being... Uh, being very good at times, and uh, I love I love 
the uh, the future outlook of Andrew Vaughn. I think that Gavin Sheets can certainly do a whole lot. He gives you a lot of power from the left side. So I think that, along with Adam Engel, who is getting better as a hitter and looks to be able to play defense with anybody in the league, I think we're in pretty good shape outfield-wise, but we'll leave that up to Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams. Steve, pleasure having you on, first of all. It's a pleasure having baseball back. What a relief it is to talk about the game that we all love. So thank you for joining us. And my question to you is, uh, having pitched in the big leagues for as long as you did and as accomplished as you did, is 24 spring training games, actually 23 spring training days for a pitching staff, enough to get ready to throw five or six innings once we start playing baseball uh, for the Chicago White Sox on uh, April the 8th in Detroit? Well, Bruce, look, it's not ideal. And and the way I point it out to people is in a non-strike or non-lockout situation, if it was ideal to have a little less than a month of spring training, then they would have had a little less than a month of spring training. But in those situations where there is no work stoppage, they have six weeks of spring training, which I think is ideal for pitchers. And I am hoping, and I think most teams are, one, they're, they're entertaining the idea of a six-man starting rotation. Uh, I played golf yesterday with Joe Madden. The Angels are going to have a six-man starting rotation. I think a lot of teams will go to that. Also, there's a lot of teams that will go to openers. We saw Tampa Bay uh, popularize the opener. I think there's a lot of teams that will go to that. They won't ask pitchers to go deep in their starts to at least start the season. But there's something else that people don't think about very much, and that is what we've talked about uh, over the years, which is the dead-arm period that comes to pitchers in spring training. It usually comes about the fourth start or so, and what happens is you just don't have the life in your arm that you normally would have. And if you're in spring training and you go through that dead-arm period, which every pitcher does, uh, you relax because it's spring training, and you just throw, and, yeah, you don't have the same hop on the fastball. You don't have the same break on the slider or curveball. Nothing really is working for you, but you're in spring training, so you're relaxed. Well, with an accelerated spring training, what's going to happen to a lot of pitchers is they're going to go through that same dead arm period because an arm's an arm. The arm doesn't know about uh, uh, lockouts or strikes or work delays or pushing back or accelerating spring training. The arm is the arm. They're going to go through that dead-arm period, only it's going to be in the season. And when it's in the season, you can't really, uh, you can't really relax. It's different. You push yourself, and I'm afraid that there will be some injuries that wouldn't have come had we had a longer spring training. I understand the economics of the situation. However, I also understand what it takes for a pitcher to get entirely ready for what is and I think will be a 162-game schedule. And I fear for the injuries, not only, not only for pitchers, but I fear for some injuries for position players. I don't know how much they were working out. I, I suspect that these guys were working out at various sites around Florida and Arizona. I, I think the position players, certainly the hitters, will be ready to go. Um, but when you go back to the cold weather, and we will go back to cold weather, whether it's April 8th or March 31st, it's still going to be cold in the places where the Sox play. I think that... Um, that especially guys who run real well, they have to be careful about first-step acceleration. That's going to be a factor. So will we have injuries? Yes, we will. We always have injuries anyway. 
But I think the accelerated spring lends itself to a few more injuries that we wouldn't otherwise have. And for contending teams, if they have one of their top two or three starters go down, that's going to be a big problem because it's hard to fill that gap. That's the familiar voice of the great Steve Stone joining us here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Steve, have to ask you about the Carlos Rodon deal. Two years, $44 million with the Giants. Number one, what was your level of surprise? But secondly, at that price, did it make sense for the White Sox to sit out, or do you think that was an affordable price for the White Sox to try to you know, bring Carlos Rodon back? Well, it's a twofold question. Uh, I was I was called by a San Francisco radio station uh, yesterday to comment on that, and uh, I said no. If I when I go on the radio, I'm going to go on with a Chicago station first, which is why I'm here and not commenting in San Francisco. But what I said to the guy was very simple. I said, "Look, Carlos is a wonderful guy, and he is a great competitor, and I wish him only the best." However, with Carlos, in any discussion you ever have, it's can he stay healthy? If you take a look at his history, the answer would be no. When he is healthy, he's as good as anybody around. The first half of last year, he was absolutely unbeatable. I mean, I hadn't seen stuff like that for a long time, since maybe Carlton or Guidry from the left side. It was unhittable. That slider was unbelievable. The fastball was was hopping. Everything was great. But as so often happens with him, he had some physical problems last year. They had to shut him down for a bit. That's a great place to pitch. San Francisco might be a terrific place for him because uh, pitchers excel there. And San Francisco has had a history of bringing in guys who do very well the first year or so, and sometimes they let them go after that. Is it affordable? I don't think the Sox wanted to go $44 million for a couple of years. Uh, I applaud, I believe, Scott Boros is his agent. I applaud him for getting what he got for him. And it certainly gives Carlos a chance to be independently uh, um, wealthy for uh, for the foreseeable future. But I don't think it's something, personally, I wouldn't have done that. And I really like Carlos. I respect what he can do. But also, I know that if I devote a roster spot, a spot in my starting rotation to Carlos, I better have somebody to come in and back him up. Now, if he stays healthy for two years, it's going to be a wonderful deal for Carlos, certainly, and certainly for the Giants. I suspect that that's not going to happen. Steve, uh, I'm taking you into the front office with Kenny Williams and with uh, Rick Hahn, the general manager who makes those deals. And I'm sitting you down, and they turn to Steve Stone, and they say, Steve, we have one trade here we can make that's going to make us into a world champion this year, and it's with the Oakland A's. Uh, we have our choice of Bassett, Manaya, or Montas in a combination of different deals. Uh, which pitcher does Steve Stone suggest the White Sox make a move on to fill that role and to give them another ace on their staff? I would say, look, boys, that's a terrific deal, but if you can get Matt Chapman, I think I'd make that deal. <laughs> However, uh, lacking the Chapman deal and maybe the Olsen deal, I think we're, we're pretty long in first baseman. Uh, I, I think Chapman fits in really well. But when you're talking about the three guys you're talking about, um, you have to tell me, number one, what I have to give up because each one of those guys has a different price tag. And you have to also tell me about um, – 
what does his health look like as far as as far as um, you know what injuries he has suffered and everything else that goes into it. Each one of those guys has had their challenges. You might remember we had Montas at one point and decided to to move him on. Manaya looks like a terrific pitcher. The most reliable pitcher at this point has been Chris Bassett, but then again, the Sox had him also. So um, I'm not sure that it's one of those guys that uh, would put the Sox over the top to win a World Series. But of those three, uh, the highest upside is probably Manaya. The most dependable is Bassett. The most electric, if he's on, is Montas. It depends on what you have to give up. And right now, we can't speculate on what you'd have to give up for him. And so, you know, tell me what Oakland wants. And, uh, you know, if, if Andrew Vaughn is mentioned in any of those deals, I would say don't make the deal. You're listening inside the clubhouse here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score inside the clubhouse brought to you by Aloha Restoration, restoring your home to pre- pre-disaster condition. Talking with Steve Stone and, okay, Stone, Sony, uh, right field is a priority. Andrew Vaughn has, can, is versatile. Is he your number one option at right field, or what would your approach be at right field? And then, then second to that, it also affects what you do at second base. Well, I think I addressed right field in the opening uh, in that I think a platoon system of Sheets and Vaughn and occasionally Angle, depending on you know what kind of defense you want there, I think that would be certainly good enough. I don't think that right field is a priority. Uh, personally, I, I don't think they can get anybody that doesn't retard the development of Vaughn and Sheets. So I, I think right field would be down on the list as far as what you'd like. Personally, I'd like to see a top-of-the-line second baseman. I'm not sure if he's out there, uh, but that would be the one. That would be one thing that I would like to get. Also, that backup catcher I think is essential. I think it's unrealistic to assume that Grandal is going to catch 130 games. I think he's going to catch far less. And a good backup catcher, a guy that works with the pitching staff well, that can give Grandal uh, a chance to uh, to regroup, get healthy, maybe DH, maybe play first base on occasion. I think that's probably a good thing for the Sox to do. I know that's going to be addressed. There's a few teams that are looking for that good backup. Uh, the Sox are one of them. But to me, the number one priority would be a top-of-the-line second baseman. You have to have a guy that's going to turn the double play when he has to. I don't think a lot of people realize the responsibilities of a second baseman and how many plays he's involved in. Not only do you have to deal with cutoffs all the time and know where to throw the ball, but you have to cover first base on bunts. You have to do a lot of different things, and you're responsible to do all of those things. It's a position for a very thoughtful guy and a position for an athletic guy. And in the middle of double plays, which you have to turn because you can't give four outs, which is something we did last year too much, I think that becomes a priority for the Sox. Steve, looking at uh, what you just said and taking it a step further, Tony Larusa in his second year now no longer trying to fit in, but trying to get the very best again out of his team. From the comments that you just made, knowing that defense is king and uh, that the White Sox were pretty sloppy when it came to defense and it showed up uh, pretty, pretty late in the season for him. Do you expect a different Tony Larusa to demand a lot more from his team defensively in 2022? Well, I think Tony would have liked to have the six weeks of spring training to be able to work out all of those defensive problems that happened last year, but he's not going to be given that, obviously. 
Last year was a getting-to-know-you year. I spent a lot of time with Tony in this offseason, uh, not only having some meals but playing some golf with him and getting a lot of his philosophies. And believe me, uh, nothing really escaped him as far as the defensive deficiencies. He realized that we missed far too many cutoff men. We threw to the wrong base many times. We did not help ourselves defensively, and we did give teams that fourth and fifth out. That will come back to bury you. And Tony understands better than most, this game is one or lost 90 feet at a time. If you take the 90 feet, you wind up winning more times than not. If you give up the 90 feet, you wind up losing more times than not. And that's something that has to be addressed. And, again, it's an accelerated spring training. It's not going to be ideal. But now that Tony understands just exactly what his players can do, but more importantly what they can't do, I believe that this is going to be a better defensive team. I don't think you can sit and watch Eloy Jimenez airmail every cutoff man all season long. I think that's going to be addressed very early in the spring. Eloy has to realize that all he has to do is get it to Tim Anderson if Tim happens to be the cutoff man at that point. You get it to Tim Anderson and your job is done. Eloy, one, does not have a good arm. Two, he is not accurate with it. I think he understands that, hopefully. Everybody else understands that. But Anderson has a good arm, and Tim is accurate most of the time. Get the ball to him. I think that will be addressed early. I think that uh, rundowns is something that, uh, you know, you use three or four or five throws in a rundown, you're not doing it well. I think that will be addressed. So maybe the workouts will be a little bit longer because they're emphasizing how to play a little bit better defense. But I would hope that the defense is better because that helps the pitching staff and helps the offense because you don't have to score as many runs. Steve, I love and share your faith in Andrew Vaughn. I also agree that second base is, is the primary void right now the Sox need to fill. And to help fill that, maybe they can make a trade. And in that context, Craig Kimbrell is somebody that they could dangle and talk to and teams might want. What is the right time to trade Craig Kimbrell? Is it now before everyone you know fills their needs and gets to spring training? Or is it later after he gets off to a possibly a good start that you gamble that he will get off on? Well, what, it, it, it's ten eighteen in Chicago. <laughs> yes. At this point, ten eighteen. Yeah, the right time to trade him is ten nineteen. <laughs> that's if you can get what you. That's that's what you. If you can get exactly what you want, you can trade him at any time. There's school of thought saying, well, wait till teams are hungrier, wait till teams you know really need him. Uh, everybody right now is filling up their team as quickly as possible, and the one thing you want to do is get to a team that needs a closer. Look, I believe that that Kimbrell can be a top-of-the-line closer once again. I think it was tough for him last year coming in. You know, with Liam Hendricks, he was the best closer in baseball. When Kimbrell came in, we believed that Kimbrell could complement Liam, but it was <clears throat> not a physical uh adaptation to that role it was a psychological adaptation something that craig did not do particularly well but i think if you put him back in the role where he's the man you hand the ball to save the game i think he can be very good and i think the Sox would like to move him quite obviously uh, they need to get uh what he would bring in return um you know it, it's just the way these things work you try to hold out for the highest value but if you do move him and you don't get exactly what you want. You do free yourself up economically. He's got a pretty big contract for the one year. Uh, I, I think they would like to move him. I don't believe they're going to give him away. And uh, unfortunately, in that trade, 
uh, as you guys saw, uh, Cody Hoyer is going to have to have arm surgery. That's not a real good thing. It was not. It was not a particularly um, tight motion that he had, and it probably lend itself to an injury down the road. I feel bad for Cody because he's a good kid. Uh, the Cubs are going to like Nick Madrigal, but the Sox gave up a lot for Craig, and hopefully they can get something back that can fit into the framework of this team 2022 and help this team win. Stephen, closing with you, and David and I really appreciate your time as always. Uh, always great hearing you here on the score and inside the clubhouse. When you uh, make the assertion that uh, most teams, and including the White Sox, will probably go with a six-man rotation to start the year. Um, does Ronaldo Lopez become one of the more important and essential guys uh, as far as uh, the beginning of the year goes? The, anybody on that in that rotation or on that pitching staff because of the fact that he has experience, he appeared to turn things around last year, and he's versatile? Well, he also has a really good arm. I mean, you can't leave that out. I think Ronaldo is one of those guys that fits really nicely into a rotation, if need be, because he can give you those three innings as an opener. I think Ronaldo, like a lot of pitchers, have some problems, not necessarily the second time through, but occasionally the second time through, and certainly the third time through. So if you're looking at limiting, and you don't have to go – to a six-man rotation. I'm just telling you what the Angels are going to do. Some teams will go to a six-man. I really prefer a five-man where you're going a couple of two, three innings to start with, maybe four innings to start with, and go in a five-man rotation because you're still going to have weather days early in the season. You go in a six-man rotation, you get a weather day or two, suddenly you're pitching every eighth day, and that's not good. I prefer the five-man rotation. I think especially early in the year when you're going to ask pitchers to go a very limited amount of innings when they open the ball game. I think it works out very well, that and the natural off days and the weather off days. I think five men are fine. I think Ronaldo fits in very nicely in a limited role that the Sox are going to do and give him an opportunity to maybe take that next step. The Sox have always loved his arm. There's no doubt about that. If they can get him to learn a little finesse to go with that power, they've got themselves a pretty dependable pitcher. But he's got to show that he can get the ball over. And when, when the stuff isn't great, he's got to show that he can get hitters out. That comes with change of speeds and location and a number of other things. It, it, it comes from moving from the thrower to the pitcher. And Ronaldo was in the process of doing that last year. He had some very, very good moments last year. Steve, thank you so much for your time and your insight. Uh, and it's just great to hear you talk about the White Sox. Have a great, uh, have a great day. Well, boys, baseball's back. Nobody is happier than I am, and uh, I think all Sox fans look forward to a very exciting year, and uh, let's get to it. Steve Stone right here on Inside the Clubhouse. It was great to hear him talk about where the Sox need to move next, Bruce, and and the Kimbrell stuff. We have a lot to discuss moving forward. We have Chicago Bound coming up next. Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. That you all should know Chicago is the greatest place I ever know I'm gonna stay in this town I'm gonna live in this town I'm gonna live in Chicago It's the greatest place around What new star players may be joining the Cubs and White Sox in 2022? David and Bruce explore the free agent and trade market as the offseason takes shape. Will it be Carlos Correa hitting long balls at Clark and Edison? You and the guys discuss possible offseason MLB moves and speculate who may be Chicago bound at 312-644-6767 on Inside the Clubhouse. David Hall, Bruce Levine here for another couple segments. Welcome back inside the Clubhouse Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 The Score. That's our favorite segment on this show. We can bring it back and mean it this time, Bruce, because there's a ton of speculation. There's a ton of movement in Major League Baseball. This is the time to strike. This is the time where it makes sense to wonder where is Carlos Correa going to end up. As of, as of this morning, we still don't know. The Cubs signed... You know, a shortstop that doesn't necessarily preclude them from getting involved still with Carlos Correa. What do you think? How likely? What's what's going to happen next, Bruce? Yeah, look, uh, Andrelton Simmons is a uh, stealth move by the Chicago Cubs. It gives them protection for the 162-game season. It's short with a professional shortstop, as Coombs pointed out, a guy that can get it done. More importantly, it protects them from leveraging, from, from being leveraged out if they're still in the hunt for Carlos Correa. So when they sit down with Scott Boros over the next few days, and certainly it's going to heat up here for Correa and his free agency with just a very small number of teams. David, how many teams can afford seven to 10 years at 30 to 30? 32 to $35 million a year. That's going to be the asking price. So it's, it was a stealth, stealth move by the Cubs. Very good move. But it doesn't preclude them. $4 million is chump change in the uh, big picture here when you're talking about likely setting yourself up at shortstop for the next seven years whoa, 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 with a guy like Correa. Whoa, 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 whoa. $400 million? Oh, $4 million. $4 million, $4 million, $4 million is. Sorry. How about, uh, how about $350 million? How, how likely do you see the Ricketts family wanting to or being willing to invest that kind of money? And, Bruce, do you see the connection between 
the other news this week or last week about the the Ricketts family, you know, considering or being on a list of of uh, potential buyers for Chelsea's football club at a four billion dollar price tag, and 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 you know if they are if they're, if they're healthy enough financially to consider that expenditure, you you have to be able to go out and do what's best for your no. baseball team that you do. I, I don't see it. I don't see it, David, because one business supports that business. Another business supports that business. It's totally different revenues, totally different uh, LLC. It, it's it's just uh, it's apples and oranges. It, it doesn't really you're going to go spend uh, some other family's money because they have an entity that owns a baseball team and wants to make another uh, capital venture out there. I, I don't I don't see the analogy at all that. Since they have, we we already know they have billions of dollars. That's that's not a question. The question is, do they run their business like a business, or they run it for at the behest of uh, of fans and media people, and uh, also uh, do they you know bring back uh, Phil Wrigley to run the team, uh, just let people uh, do whatever they want and show up? I, I honestly, I, I don't see the I don't see the analogy whatsoever. Well, fair, just, fair enough, but Bruce, I, I think that we live in a world that perception often you know dictates reality or there's a tight connection between the two and the optics of of having you know an ownership group that tom ricketts is is famously known for saying that during the pandemic there were biblical losses and we know how major league owners have you know complained about how difficult it is to make a living to make a profit uh they don't open their books so we don't know that so i think the optics of having that portrayal of tom ricketts versus this idea that they are now going to you know be among the bidders for Chelsea that to me was a, a bad it was bad timing at 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 best it was and at worst well, it's, yeah, it I get that I mean it, so, it's in the first of all it's during a lockout right right so so that uh, you know that type of well why aren't you uh, concentrating with the other owners and getting us back out there and getting our game back? So I, I, I understand what you're saying about the optics, but <clears throat> honestly, I'm, <clears throat> my job is not to defend Tom Ricketts. My job is to be objective about what's out there. I, I, I just don't see, we, we all know that that family has billions of dollars and uh, you know, they have made, would you say they've made some really good investments by investing yes. $855 million in the Cubs that's now worth about 3 to $4 billion? I'd say they've, they've made some good investments. You know what? Why stop there? I, you know, During this last five years, uh, my investment guy has increased uh, my portfolio for uh, stocks and bonds. I've made more money. Uh, I've invested more with them. I, I mean... I don't compare myself to Tom Ricketts and his family, but it's the same. It's the same avenue. You know, we're we're a capitalistic society, a dem- democracy. We're proud of it, and uh, God love him. Let him let him and his family go by and enjoy uh, owning Chelsea. <laughs> Bruce, the score listener lines powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. That's where we find Larry in Canton. Larry, welcome inside the clubhouse. Hey, guys, I got a question for you. If the owners would not have locked out the players, they just opened it up and said, come on in, do your training, spring training camps are open, and we'll negotiate all the way through until opening day. And if we haven't got an agreement, 
then we'll go under the old agreement. And then that would have been on the players, either accept it or go on strike. Then that would turn public opinion against the players. Is that correct? Uh, they, they couldn't necessarily just say uh, we'd go by the old agreement. That expired. Uh, what they could do is uh, they could say there's an impasse and then uh, probably uh, establish their own, uh, their, their own new rules, and then it would be up to the players to strike. So th- that's, right. how, that's how it would go. Thanks yeah, for the man, phone call. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think that is probably well explained, Bruce. Let's try George, who is in River Grove. George, welcome inside the clubhouse. Gentlemen, how are you today? Great. <clears throat> so one day I look up, and uh, the last thing I hear on the sports stations is that there is an impasse and there's not much going on. And then I look up, and there's Dick Durbin. And Dick Durbin says, you guys better straighten up or I'm going to haul your ass in front of a, a congressional hearing and, and ask why you deserve to have this antitrust action. And the next day there's a contract. Uh, as, can you connect the dots on that? Did, did you yeah, yeah, that? I got it. It's the power of the score. Uh, he was on the score and uh, he made those comments and uh, they were very strong. No, uh, all kidding aside, um, it doesn't. It doesn't hurt when uh, government people come out and say, you know, get your get your act together. The antitrust, uh, you know, situation has always been there. It's been a wink and a pass by Congress all the way through for uh, baseball since the early 1920s. Uh, it, it is a monopoly. But keep in mind one thing, and David, this is important to understand. If they took this away from baseball, that would de- that would make all the players free agents, okay? The rules would be gone. They could be free agents every year. That would be the worst thing that ever happened to baseball players and their union. Because when you flood the market every year with guys that can go from team to team, it's chaos and it's also lowers after the top players sign everybody else scrambles to get a job, much like we're watching right now with this late uh, agreement and 100 free agents out there. That's the last thing the players actually want. We were privileged to have Senator Durbin on the Mullen Haw Show on Thursday morning. I don't know if there's cause and effect, Bruce. I think that obviously he amplified his concerns about the antitrust exemption that were expressed the previous evening on Twitter. So social media, mainstream media, this is a politician who understands how to communicate a message loudly and clearly. And I think Major League Baseball received it. I don't know if that affected uh, the end of the lockout or not, but hey, (laughs) we can promote it that way because you know what? There was uh, Dick Durbin on our show in the morning and there was an agreement by dinner. So uh, yeah, I'll give Molly credit for that one. How about that? I think it's great, and I, and I don't think it hurt at all when it came to the fact that <clears throat> players and owners knew they had to get back there. But but realistically, this system, although it's always been weighed toward ownership, is much much better than than any uh, out there in sports. It's it's the best it's the best um, uh, union in the United States. The benefits are the very best uh, for retirement, for players, uh, as far as medical goes. This is a fantastic uh, union. 
by taking away the antitrust, it would totally destroy the union and what it represents as well. Bruce, we've got another segment. When we come back, I want to ask you uh, about the White Sox and something that Steve Stone touched on in terms of their needs and their priorities as they chase a World Series here in 2022. Inside the clubhouse, another segment. David Hall, Bruce Levine here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. I don't think any of us would be doing our jobs properly. And by that, I mean the front office, players, coaches, if our aspirations weren't to win a championship. And we need to do everything in our power to, to win the World Series in 2022. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, David Hall, Bruce Levine for a final segment. That was Rick Hahn talking yesterday in Glendale, Arizona about this season. World Series aspirations for the White Sox, Bruce. We talked to Steve Stone, wanted to get your thoughts on his feeling that, number one, they should trade Keg Krimble sooner rather than later, like immediately. And then the faith he placed in Andrew Vaughn, leaving second base as a number one priority. Is that the first move that Rick Hahn makes to try to supplement this roster? Well, I like the idea of uh, getting worth for uh, Kimbrell. You know, there's a $16 million uh, anvil tied around his neck. Now, uh, he's going to be well worth it if he pitches up to the type of pitcher he was uh, back uh, the beginning of last year when he was the best closer in the National League for the first four months. Not so much the uh, setup man that he was for the White Sox last year, but that's the gamble out there. But there's a lot of moves being uh, made right right as we speak. Uh, Steve Ciszek uh, signed a major league contract, former Cub and White Sox pitcher. Uh, trade between the Twins and the Rangers. Uh, Mitch Garver, a catcher, traded to Texas for Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, a shortstop, uh, to fill the gap with uh, Minnesota over there. Uh, we're going to see... We're going to see, uh, I don't know, 50, 75, 100 transactions here over the next few days. So it's going to be a, a, a mind-bending time for Major League Baseball. And it's as uh, Rick Hahn said yesterday, uh, it's kind of like spring training and the winter meetings all wrapped into one uh, because you have all these moving parts and you have to see and get your players out on the field for the first time uh, on uh, March the 12th today. Is that what it is? Yes, uh, when normally they've been in camp for over a month, so it's going it's going to be it's going to be a never-ending turnstile of events coming on here over the next few days. Inside the clubhouse, brought to you by Aloha Restoration, restoring your home to pre-disaster conditions. Let's squeeze in a phone call. Steve is in Elmhurst. Welcome to Inside the Clubhouse, Steve. Yeah, good morning, guys. Um, you know, I I saw where Major League Baseball and uh, and the Players Association had to come to an agreement that there were going to be some changes in baseball, including slightly larger bases. They're like, two, I think, two inches in, uh, you know, width and length. And, you know, they're square, so it's the same. But um, And then also there's, they're going to do away with shifts. They're going to ban the shifts. And, uh, and then um, the pitch clock. But yet then I also saw that these changes were not going to be implemented till 2023. And I could understand yeah. if it was an automated strike zone or something where you need to put in equipment and everything. But what is the reasoning for delaying the implementation of, of these rule changes? Bruce? It's, it's no good. It's no good. I'm with you 100%. There are changes that are going to help the game. The game has to improve its pace. Uh, one way to do it is implementing that clock right away. David, right away, there's no reason to wait. 
the players wanted the time to uh, be able to get used to this. You don't need a year to get used to it, okay? Uh, you're not going to like it next year any more than you like it this year. So I see no purpose whatsoever in waiting. Nonetheless, uh, the players uh, want this to uh, to wait a year, so we'll wait. But improvements need to be made for the fans' appreciation of the game and enjoyment right now, not a year from now. So I'm with you on that call. Thanks for it. And Bruce, by the way, get out of here. I, yeah, yeah, I want to. I, I just want to say. Uh, Congrats to Les Grobstein's family, his uh, longtime partner, Kathy, and uh, Les Grobstein Day yesterday in Chicago declared, declared by the mayor and the great bobblehead that's being put out with, uh, with Les out there. It's a fantastic thing for a fantastic friend. So It really is, and what a tribute and what a, what a legacy that uh, he left behind, and he would be so happy that uh, on that day we were celebrating baseball, a game that he loved and and obviously for so many years. And, and Bruce, we're, we're going to love you know, paying attention to the Sox and Cubs to see who makes the first big move and how this all unfolds. And by the time I'm on the air Friday or Monday morning with Mully, Mully and Haw at 5 o'clock, I think we're going to have something big to talk about. But we have some people we want to thank. We do. Uh, we want to thank Ron Coomer, the great color commentator on Cubs baseball and the score. Also Steve Stone, who does a fantastic job in NBC Sports Chicago along with Jason Benetti calling all the White Sox games. People can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. Also uh, on our website at 670thescore.com, writing Cubs and Sox. I will talk to you next week from lovely Arizona. Take Looking care, my friend. Looking forward to that, Bruce. Bulls basketball, 645 tonight on the score. Adam Studinsky, thank you for your contributions to the show. Studs and Rosie next until 2 o'clock. Thanks for listening inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio. 670 the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.